What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your more pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is February 23rd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. We have spring training games. Seriously, we do. We have one yesterday, and it wasn't very good, obviously. Uh, Joe Musgrove did not survive the first thing. He got one out, I believe it was. Maybe he didn't get a single one. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that Joe Musgrove pitched and was healthy, okay? We just didn't want him to be hurt. He's going to be fine for the year. Who cares? They obviously removed him because they didn't want to overthrow him and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to the rest of that team, there was no one of interest. Uh, When it comes to the Dodgers, we saw Gavin Stone and Michael Grove. And for me, there really isn't anything relevant there. I don't think that the Dodgers will actually turn either one into proper starters. I think they're more temp positions for guys like River Ryan or Kyle Hurt to actually take those positions if they really need a lengthy starter later this year. That's at least what I would do. They can also be really slow with those two guys and just use them as like the bulk reliever opener situations that we've seen in the past two. Regardless, those two guys don't really matter. So this is going to be once again a very short uh, episode of the Plus Pitch Podcast because we still haven't even gotten full spring training today and it's so annoying. It is so frustrating. I just want to be really into this. We got one yesterday. We only have six games today. And even worse, only three of them, four of them, four are televised. Uh, and it looks like we have only a couple that are stat cast, which is also just, why do you do this to us? All we want is to enjoy this game. Only two of them have stat cast data. Um, now those two, are Carson Palmquist and Chris Paddock. Uh, that is Diamondbacks, Rockies, and then Minnesota Golden Gophers and the Minnesota Twins. So I'll start with the Diamondbacks versus Rockies. It's the Diamondbacks. There really is not anyone outside of the starting five that matter here. And um, by the way, I cannot emphasize this enough. I just released my ultimate spring training guide for starting pitchers. This is the most in-depth one I've done any year. Last year, I actually went the extra mile and say, cool, here are all of the starters and what to expect. Maybe some little extra guys. This year, I went the extra mile because I know things about prospects. So then I highlighted not only all the prospects to watch that might be exciting, but also I gave a, uh, what is it, a hyper, uh, hyper focus alert for each one. So you can kind of scroll through. It's a yellow thing. You can also control F for that, where I highlight the ones that I think are the most interesting for us to follow. And I would say with the Diamondbacks, it's Yumin Lin, probably maybe Christian Mena uh, there. I don't think we're going to see them today. It's really tough for me to know who the follow-up guys are for these games. And if you know them, please, please, please tweet, um, reply to my spring SP notes tweet that I do every single morning um, that I put out that outlines who the guys are on TV and who we're going to be watching. If there's someone that says, hey, Nick, you're going to be able to watch this one and get this one. Awesome. Let me know. We're also trying to follow it inside the Discord. Anyway, so the Diamondbacks, there's nothing here. Tommy Henry, come on. I do not care. Uh, Carson Palmquist, as I mentioned, is one of the two prospects that matter. I mean, this Chase Delander for the Rockies, but he's not going to be here and we haven't seen him pitch in any pro ball yet, as he was just drafted last year and shut down. He's not even in spring training, which is dumb, unlike Rhett Lauder, but we'll talk about him another time. I, Carson Palmquist, I am excited, but like he's a Rocky, so we don't have any real fantasy implications, I don't think. He's a lefty, at times has a very interesting uh, breaker and changeup, 
but it's fun because he won't be in Colorado, I guess, at this moment, and it might actually be at some time of success. But obviously, for fantasy purposes, you just cannot invest in a Rocky pitcher unless they are so far and beyond uh, exceptional, really. Uh, so that should be the fun, at least, right? That should be cool. He's a cool lefty. Uh, you have that. We also have StackCast data for that one. Is it on TV? It is, and that's pretty cool. Um, moving to the other StackCast game, that is the Gophers against the Twins. Really, all the interesting ones are the Gophers. I'm just kidding. It's Chris Paddock, and there was uh, inside the mind in the news that Jeff Zimmerman put out today um, that Chris Paddock is aiming for 140 to 160 innings. And it's kind of interesting to me because I'm so down on Chris Paddock at the moment. I'm ready to be convinced otherwise. However, what we saw in spring training last year for Chris Paddock, it's not spring training, I apologize, his return in the bullpen was increased velocity. He had good results, that is, good swing strike rates on that four-seamer. However, its four-seamer shape was terrible, and I wish, I so wish, we had the same TrackMan data that we uh, have now back in 2019. It only started in 2020, unfortunately. And that means I can't tell you more about the 2019 success of Chris Paddock. How I am as an analyst five years later is way different than it was in 2019. We just have so much better information that allows me to still have the same approach of utilizing all the pitch mixes and my knowledge of what is good and what is bad and kind of making that wonderful stew of understanding. Uh, Chris Paddock I always kind of weirded me out. I just assumed it was a good fastball and that was that. But there might have been more about the split change. He didn't have a good third pitch. Maybe it was just locations of that four-seamer at the time that really made it work. I can't really tell you. And what I can say is that his shape is bad on his four-seamer. And I'm expecting his velocity to be lower than the bullpen last year. So what I'm really excited about is not only do I get to watch this, but I also get StackCast data to tell me, hey, what is the shape on this fastball? What are the locations? What is the... Um, the velocity on it, what are the uh, secondaries that he has. Obviously, it's just going to be like an inning or two, and it's going to be a very small sample. But as you know, with like Stuff Plus, it takes 20 pitches to normalize, and generally we can get a, at least a good sense in the beginning. Um, and I should really make sure that no one yells at me. Obviously, Stuff Plus normalizes, but not for spring training because there's going to be volatility of their performance. So long story short, I'm very curious what it is with Chris Paddock. I honestly think that Louis Varland is better. And I think that Chris Paddock is going to be better off suited for the bullpen. But it looks like the Twins don't feel that way. And it doesn't matter what I think. What matters is I hope Chris Paddock is dope and makes me feel dope for, like a dope, for thinking otherwise. Um, I'm going to talk about the other four games. Uh, and I'm going to talk about those after this break. So I want to make a correction. Chris Paddock is not on TV. Um, he is not. But we have StackCast data. I apologize for that. You won't be able to watch that one. But we will have StackCast data. And that's honestly better than watching it uh the actual data with the bad camera angles is way more important than the camera angles but landon knack you're going to be able to see and you're not going to get the stack as data but hopefully we get some velocity reading that is not 91 because that's where he was last year which was much lower than it used to be and he is more of a secondary focused guy so if he's able to get that velocity up to 94 95 or something i don't know I uh, maybe he does showcase himself to be a better Michael Grove or Gavin Stone option for the Dodgers. I don't really think he's going to be that major starting pitching focus. I really think River Ryan and Kyle Hurt are the next wave like Bobby Miller or uh, or Walker Bueller or maybe even like Emmett Sheehan and Ryan Pepio in that way. Um, but really, 
River Ryan is the one you want. He's not going to show up here. Uh, Johnny Brito on the Padre side is really the only one there. I think that Brito is the better one than like Avila and Randy Vasquez, who look like the four and five right now for the Padres. That's my belief. I don't know where they're going to go. I think they are leaning Vasquez at the moment. But Brito, to me, has a more complete arsenal. That is, his sinker is really good at jamming right-handers. He has a solid curve and changeup as well. The question is really how you're going to attack left-handers. He does not have a good four-seamer. And I'm really curious to see how he navigates left-handed batters. Hopefully, the changeup does really come through. But the sinker isn't that good as a primary pitch against them. Uh, in the other games, we do have TV, but we don't have stat cast for. Um, that is Jordan Wicks is going against Jesse Chavez for the White Sox. I don't know who's following, uh, for the White Sox. I definitely want to be aware of the options that could appear for the White Sox. That is, you could see some Garrett Crochet, probably not, but maybe Prelander Barova shows up, maybe Davey Garcia or Nick Restrini. It's probably too soon for these guys. Um, but those are the ones I'm very interested in with the White Sox and not Jesse Chavez, who is just kind of there, but like, he's not going to do this. I probably should have mentioned him as, as an NRI. Um, for the, the White Sox and on roster invite. Well, on the Chicago White Sox, sorry, Chicago Cubs side, going to the north, you have Jordan Wicks, who I think is the fifth starter right now. There is a battle between him and like Drew Smiley and Hayden Wisniewski and Javier Assad. Wicks got starts last year. He has a really good changeup. And I hope that the sinker slider is good enough. The slider really looks like the second best pitch and the fastballs are just not. Wicks tries to match his sinker with his changeup. Uh, glove side, I uh, sorry, arm side against right-handers. And that's really the, the approach he goes for. I just don't really think that's enough. So I'm not too excited about Wicks, but obviously watching it will be fun to do. Uh, I'm going to miss Jason Benetti. I'm going to be honest with you. I know he's going to be with the Tigers now and everything. That's great. It's just, I see White Sox, I think Benetti and, uh, I'm sure they're going to do a great job without him. Um, on the Red Sox side, that's on TV. It's going against the Huskies, I believe, of Northeastern. Um, you have Oliveres, who's a non-wrestler invite, not really the guy you want to focus on. So not really uh, the guy you want to go for. And then lastly, you have Daniel Lynch and Dane Dunning going for the Royals and Rangers. And by the way, the Red Sox, I wish I had more information there, but just there really isn't much to focus on, save for the main starters. And you'll see them in more legitimate situations, I believe, as actual starters um, during the uh, the season. If Jordan Montgomery does sign there, that does mess up Tanner Houck and uh, Whitlock. I mean the season. Sorry, I mean spring training. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think the Red Sox are going to go with whoever is better between Houck and Whitlock this spring. It's a very, very interesting rotational battle, especially if Whitlock has his velocity on his sinker back and has both of his whiff pitches working. Well, for Houck, he needs to find a way to get out left-handers. Um, but uh, if Jordan Montgomery goes in, well, there you go there. So anyone really outside of Houck in Whitlock are, isn't really that interesting for the Red Sox, save for like Brian Bayo. I want to see if that slider is back. But as far as like potential joining the rotation, guys. Going to the Royals and Rangers, you have Daniel Lynch the fourth. I'm very interested in knowing about this one. It is not on TV. It is not going to have Statcast, so I'm just going to have to rely on beat writers for this one. Um, but Lynch has a ton of extension. I was talking to Vlad Sadler. He sent me a text. He's like, "Don't judge me." And I'm like, "Come on, who are you in on?" And he goes, "Daniel Lynch." And I say, "I know he, he surgery and he's been hurt." But man, he like the goal for him is to get back to velocity that's like 95 plus. And then he also needs to refine his slider and keep that down and everything, which actually did at times in the past. But he's a really big stretch Armstrong, elite extension, seven feet. That's great. Not good IVB, not good VAA. It's just about the extension. So if he has really good velocity, 96, that maybe can work. Normally you get something else there too. 
Um, but normally IVB or if not VAA, right? Like if you have really bad VAA, essentially means that you're really over the top for the most part. And that means that you should be able to get more active spin on the four seamer that would suggest more rise on it and IVB invert and stuff, but Lynch doesn't quite have that. So hopefully he can get it if he has the velocity. And if he does, there is actually intrigue there because the Royals, the number five is Jordan Lyles. I mean, it's Waka Lugo and you and Reagans and Singer. So Lyles, yeah, that's not really something they want to go with. If Lynch is super impressive, that's a cool thing. Pay attention at least to the box score of this and listen to beat writers. Dane Dunning is going for Texas. It is such a default of being inside the rotation. The fifth spot right now is Cody Bradford. And I know Ina wrote about him in the uh, in his article about a deep league um, sleeper. I just don't think he does enough, Cody Bradford. Uh, I believe he's more of an extension guy and not really enough after that. Like, it's also like 90 miles per hour and stuff, and there isn't anything else. So, there is room at the end of Texas, but like, Dane Dunning's obviously better than that. I hope he's going cutters and sliders, I guess. We'll hear a report. As long as he's not just like the most atrocious thing ever, then like be normal, right? And that's it. But okay, guys, that is it for this episode of the Plus Pitch Podcast. It's only six games today. Uh, so I took a little bit more time than I think I normally would on the, each of these games. We're going to be focusing a little bit more on the relevant 12-teamer guys. But as much as I can, as much as I get information in about who is going to start, I uh, I really cannot emphasize enough. Read the article I put out today. The hyper-focus alerts are really the ones that you want to try to know when they are starting. Because hot dang, those are the ones that you are going to be aware of in season. While there are going to be some rotational battles, and sure, and we'll just have to get that basic news, but when it comes to actually understanding new information in spring, those are the ones that actually should influence your decisions and drafts. Say for like, hey, velocity is so down, or hey, velocity is so up for other guys that we just don't know about right now. All right, that is it. Thank you all so much for subscribing and make sure you listen to the old rotation podcast. I put them out all through January on this podcast. Every single team, uh, I cover them all. It's it's pretty updated. Um, obviously, there are going to be some things here and there, but the general assessments are uh, are there. So that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock and may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.